I met Sawyer Barnes on the second day of my sophomore year at Atherton High School. He was in a new district since his parents had split and was in my homeroom, math, and gym classes. He was an overgrown child with the post-puberty body of a man but the pre-puberty brain of a child. He was already six feet tall with a mustache and didn't have a nickel of common sense. He was hilarious, mostly because he understood his own ugly and didn't know anyone at school, so he didn't care about the high school social games. It didn't take long for us to become friends, especially when we started to realize we both hated the same shit. Hating the same shit as adolescents can lead to a lifetime bond, and that's how it was for us. We both hated to run so we'd cut laps together in gym, we both hated the same people, teachers, both hated authority, and knew anyone who abided by the law all the time was a sucker. We were punks and losers and whatevs, and the imaginary hierarchy of high school didn't apply to us because we weren't invited. We weren't winning any awards. We were just trying to do our time. The five days a week, seven hours a day for 12 years that the government required of us, and if we could do it together while reading mad magazines and pulling pranks, so much the better. Then we found booze together. Our first love and for no good reason. Maybe because we weren't the losers anymore, now we were the boozers. We became tighter than a double knot. We eventually become blood brothers, cutting open our palms and shaking them while drunk for the first time in the infield of Churchill Downs during the running of the roses. We kept the pact alive for seven years. It had turned into a weekend full of non-stop boozing. We would start on Friday and continue in the infield Saturday afternoon at Churchill Downs. After high school, Sawyer entered the private sector. He did some jobs here and there but finally stumbled upon a bimbo who could stand him for more than two nights, and they got married. Marriage came with new responsibilities and that meant a better job. That new position came from her family in St. Louis, so he was living in Missouri working on two and a half kids and a picket fence house. Derby was the one weekend he got to let it all hang out. He looked forward to the Derby like kids do Christmas. Our blood pack meant a lot to him, but this was my big break in life. No more sweeping the floors trying to make an impression at CJ, no more chasing down insurance fraud cases, or selling cash bonds in the early mornings. On Derby Eve, he busted in like Kramer, standing with a suitcase, paper bag, and backpack, all probably filled with booze, and yelled out, Honey, I'm home. I didn't respond, but he did. You ready to get white girl wasted? And he shut the door laughing hard at his own joke. Sawyer was now a tall man at six apostrophe three, the chubby baby fat was gone, so he looked physically in shape. He wasn't, and I knew he wasn't because he ate like an alligator at a steakhouse and never worked out, but genetics are funny. And to add to the humor, his acne was gone, but his hair was receding. He was going with a comb over any time he didn't have a hat on, but it didn't matter to the ladies, they loved his square chin. Ladies always love a man with a perpendicular jawline, and Sawyer had one fit for the cover of a U.S. Army brochure. Hard, square chin, dark eyebrows, no facial hair, and sharp blue eyes. But he stood in front of me looking ridiculous. He never did learn how to dress and was wearing an oversized blue dress shirt that looked like he stole it from an inmate, jeans with holes in them, and a little rascal's hat like he wanted to be a bookie. Before I even said hello I had to ask, why do you have holes in your jeans? He dropped his backpack and suitcase on my couch and carried the brown paper bag into my kitchen before answering in a mocking tone, why do you have holes in your jeans? It's the new style, and not just because that fag Kanye either. The use of the word faggot is to remember people like Kanye West which is not fine, not someone who is homosexual.
Yeah, dude, okay. But you buy the jeans like that, people don't rip holes in their old pair of jeans and say it's the new style. He didn't want to hear it though. He moved into my kitchen and began unloading his bags of booze into my fridge. Gunner, 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 you old El Camino asshole. I ain't seen you since Thanksgiving, but let me tell you this, you ain't got no sense of style, and you don't have a beer in your hand, why aren't you drinking? He handed me a beer. Why do you call me that? El Camino? What's that from? You don't remember the song? And he started to dance a bit and he sang out. El Camino, El Camino, El Camino. The front looks like a car, the back looks like a truck. El Camino, El Camino, E-L-L-El -L Camino. The front is where you drive, the back is where you dash. That's not even a real song, and I would never drive an El Camino, I just said that because Kermit's stepdad had one. Whatever, El Camino Bush, you always wanted to drive one. That's your favorite car, and you know it. So let's get the shots going and the party cracking. It feels like I walked into a morgue. Turn the Cubs game on and get your shot glasses out. Last year was the drunkest we have ever been. Drunkest I've ever been in my life probably, I reminded him, but I was dreading what I really had to say. Drunkest you have been in your life, so far. He corrected, chugging his beer. Either way, you need another beer, drink that one pussy, and I was thinking pizza, more beers, and shots, and I mean more beer like we don't drink anything but beer all weekend. We don't even take in oxygen, just beer, and the shots, we need one every 15 minutes, starting as soon as I open up a bottle, right now. He went to get his bag in the kitchen for more beer. I sat down on the couch, listening to him singing the El Camino song again, adding in verses about how it was my favorite car. He walked back into the living room and belched. What? What is it gun? I know something is up with you, are you on some sort of antibiotic for weird anal warts and you can't drink alcohol for up to six months? He took a swig of his beer as he grinned at his joke. Yep, I caught anal warts, and now I am on antibiotics that take six months to work, and I can't booze while taking them. How did you know? Did we both get them from your wife? My wife, your wife, whatevs. Get the Cubs game on. He searched for the remote. We had a mutual love for the lovable losers. We would skip class in high school, go to his dad's apartment in Jeffersonville, and watch WGN day games while drinking his old man's booze. The glory days. Well, something is up, I can feel it like a disturbance in the force. Drink that beer and come look, he said, pulling up his bag. The suitcase was filled to the brim with jello shots. 250 of them bad boys, and look, we can shove them down our pants or wherever to get them into the downs tomorrow. When I didn't grab a shot, and he saw I wasn't chucking my beer, I knew I had to tell them. Basically, I just told them, this is Rolling Stone. A blood pact we made when we were 15 wasn't real. It was kid stuff, it's not like we were kings or lords or that it really mattered at the end of the day. I explained this wasn't even my dream job, it was bigger than that. It was every writer's dream. I brought up how he had moved to the loo for a job and a wife, trying to play into empathy or sympathy or something he could relate to. He was an understanding guy, he would get it. But when I looked at his face, I could tell he didn't. Bullshit. Rolling Stone wants you? You? What the fuck does that mean? You think I've just been sweeping the floor at the CJ? I am a damn good reporter, 
and I pretty much got this gig because I found out about a Trump event not happening that freaking Rolling Stone didn't even know about. So you're breaking our pact, our lifetime agreement, I mean fuck, you have to fly out tomorrow morning? The whole goddamn world is trying to get into the Ville, and Rolling Stone wants you to fly out of the Ville. Sounds suspect to me. He grabbed a jello shot and tossed me one. Tomorrow morning? Derby morning, I honestly don't even think flights fly out of the Ville on Derby, seriously. It's incoming only, like until after the race, seriously, they fly in all those East Coast yuppies on private jets. He leaned back, took the shot and cracked a beer. Yeah, I have a flight direct to the district. I leave at 11 a.m., I know it's our annual, but this is more important, I told him as sternly as I could. I mean, the blood pact is what it is like you said, we ain't dukes or kings or warlocks or wizards so it's not real, I mean as far as we know it's not real. He was accepting it as he was realizing it. This was going to make eight years, eight fucking years man, almost to a freaking decade, and hey, look, aren't you going to feel sick tomorrow? You could get sick tomorrow and fly out on Sunday or Monday. Do you have a fever? Your cheeks look red, and you are a little pale. He was ranting. I get it, man, grab you a beer though, we can still do pizza and drinks tonight, right? We are for sure doing that. Doesn't it seem odd that Rolling Stone is having you fly out of the Ville on Derby Saturday though? He asked while pulling out more shots. I mean the Derby is great, but it's a two-minute event. That's it. That two minutes, the whole world is watching the Ville. Then it's over, and sure, musicians are here for the race, but I am not covering music. I'm doing politics. You? Politics? He asked before chugging the beer I brought him. I mean, I'm going to get into covering music at some point, I hope, but yeah, I'm starting on the road, covering the campaigns of Trump, Clinton, Bush, some ugly dude from Texas, Tom Cruise, or something, Ted maybe? You don't know enough about politics to be a writer for Rolling Stone. You don't even know Lion Ted Cruz, Sawyer said as he put his feet up on my coffee table. Oh, that's the guy that Trump called his wife ugly? I had seen the headlines. Yeah, and she is ugly, but how are you working at Rolling Stone? Are you sure you aren't getting punked? I'm not getting punked. They bought me the plane ticket. IT Inc. they saw the potential in who I am as a writer. I was lying to him because I didn't know who I was as a writer. Either way that's lame, and it's only going to be two campaigns you need to watch, Trump and Crooked Hillary, but really just Trump, he said, pulling out his phone. Yeah, I mean, I think Rolling Stone, Terry, the guy who I am interviewing with, just said Tom Cruise and other Bush boy is a formality. I think I will be covering those two camps only. Sawyer wasn't paying attention. Let me show you something. He handed me his phone. There was a picture of Kurt Cobain with a quote under him. In the end, I believe my generation will surprise everyone. We already know that both political parties are playing both sides from the middle and will elect a true outsider when we fully mature. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not a business tycoon who can't be bought and who does what's right for the people. Someone like Donald Trump as crazy as that sounds. Kurt Cobain 1993 Kurt Cobain never said that shit, I said, handing him back the phone. I didn't know if Kurt Cobain had ever said it, but it felt like propaganda to me. How do you know? Were you there? He snapped, snatching his phone, looking at me like I was an idiot. Was I there? No, I wasn't fucking there, what's next, 
You got a quote from Tupac endorsing that to pay wearing mother, I didn't finish the sentence. Trump is the only one who can save this country, man, you wait and see. I shook my head, it had become a reality. Sawyer was a Trumpy. Red hat. A brainwashed enemy. Trumpies were a new phenomenon, even without any political knowledge, I knew what they were. Trumpies were faux news watchers, who didn't subscribe to reality. More than that, they were a new group of people sprung from the offspring of the disenfranchised and silent majority, and they were full of undereducated loudmouths and cricket eaters. I had seen some of the signs on Sawyer's social media, but I wasn't convinced until he showed me the bullshit Cobain quote. It was only May, and I still had time to convince him otherwise. So I brought up our old arch nemesis. I don't think Kurt said that, but let's just both agree to vote out Addison in the fall. Addison Mitch McConnell. That's a man we can both hate. Haven't you been paying attention? Trump wants to drain the swamp of the guys like the turtle. Old Allison will be gone in the first 100 days of a Trump presidency. You know, my old man wants to move across the river just to vote against the turtle. I never understood why your old man lives in Indiana. The best thing in Indiana is the Colgate clock and it faces towards the Ville, I said it and we both chugged our beers. The old turtle motherfucker. He does look like a turtle, remember when he shit his pants? I said. We both did hate the dude who represented us Kentuckians in the Senate. Addison shit his pants, Sawyer yelled, handing me a shot. Mitch McConnell pooped his pants, I said in a deep voice as if it was breaking news. Addison lives in the district. You will probably see that motherfucker. I bet you $500 you won't hand him a bag of turtle food if you see him, Sawyer said, raising his shot. I am only there until November, I might not see him. You will see that weasel, $500. He put up a jelly shot so we could cheer over the bet. Bet, I said, laughing before downing shot number two. It was only shot number two, but it was shot number one at ruining everything. The night, the morning, the flight, the job. Everything that had anything to do with Rolling Stone magazine. I wasn't thinking. We hit Bardstown Road like pirates in town for one night and one night only. It was Derby Eve, so the entire city was lit like a match. At one point, I saw cops in uniform leaving a liquor store with a brown paper bag. Sawyer and I proceeded to get to the level of destroyed, two sheets to the wind, and that's one of the only memories I have of the entire night. A vague glimpse of losing my guts behind a redneck bar somewhere off Dixie Highway, but have no full memories. It was dumb and dangerous. I was given a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I tried my best to fuck it up. I woke up on Derby morning somehow in my own bed. I wasn't hungover but still drunk. It was ten to nine, and I felt like a kid on his birthday. When I went out to the kitchen, Sawyer was in his underwear with two ladies both in their underwear, and they were all about to bong a beer. Of course, I decided to bong one after they had, and right after I did it, Sawyer asked me, so you aren't going to DC, or are you? Shit. I had forgotten all about it. I ran into my room, threw together the last part of my duffel bag, and brushed my teeth while dressing. Toothpaste shot down my black pants, but I didn't have time to do more than just rub it off. It smeared, I grimaced, and I started to order an Uber. I came back out and the two ladies were dressed and saying goodbye. The taller one, both were brunettes, leaned in and kissed Sawyer. They left. You are really leaving, huh? Dude, who the fuck were the girls and why were they naked? No, naked is fine, why did they leave? You don't remember them too?
We met them last night at the bar off Dixie Highway. You were pretty wasted. Yeah, no, yeah, but why didn't you wake me up? My brain wasn't working yet. I noticed a deck of cards scattered across my living room floor, were you guys playing strip poker? He didn't respond. What about your wife? He held up his hand and pointed to his empty ring finger. It took me a minute to get it, but I didn't have time to get into it with him. Yeah, so I am pretty sure she is cheating on me, but dude, you shouldn't have fallen asleep, gun. Look, I gotta go, I have a flight to the district so can you lock up here? Yeah, I can lock up. They are going to Waffle House to get me some grub, and coming back. I think that one likes me, but I don't know yet. He rubbed his oversized belly. At least he had pants on now. Are you an idiot? That chick you just kissed, you wondered if she likes you? She kissed you, on your lips. Sawyer dapped me up, showing me the scar on his hand. I looked at mine. And then I left. I didn't have time to think about it. Can't believe you are breaking the pact, we could get cursed. I heard him yell through the door. I arrived at the airport at 10.35 and had to sprint to my gate. I was the very last person on the flight. I was seated in the last row, center seat. I smelt like a sink at a bar at closing time. It was the quickest flight of my life, since I fell asleep. I woke up as the plane was taxiing into the gate, and my pants were wet and warm. I had pissed myself. Since I was riding in the bitch seat, the red-headed, short dude next to me knew I had pissed myself, and so did the wrench of a wicked old hag on the aisle seat. She let me know about it as soon as I woke up too. And she let the stewardess know too. He urinated himself. The stewardess came in for a closer observation. I was embarrassed, but I used it as an advantage to get up and get my shit first. I ran to the exit instead of the bathroom. I didn't change clothes though, airport restrooms are where the seasonal flu starts every year. And that's how I arrived in the district before my interview with Rolling Stone. Hung over and smelling like piss.